My name's Alex, and in a couple days, my wife and I are having a baby. This is the first entry in an audio diary podcast I'm calling, Are You There, Pod? It's me, Dad. Every week, I'll recap the previous week in figuring this parenting stuff out in real time while calling up my friends that all had babies within the same month I did. So come with me as I figure out parenting on the fly. Attention Carriage House members, Rana here to tell you all about Anchor.fm. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create our podcast. And let me tell you something. You can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. If you're that sort of person, I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. Ron. Ryan. What a I, week. I just want to say this is the rare occasion where we are up to the minute here with us. We are up to the minute. I I don't understand how news can break this fast. Well, we should that's why we shouldn't say we're up to the minute, because who knows? Who what, knows? What Tuesday will bring. How have you been? This has been such a week. Thank you for and asking, Rana. You had that. You got that gorgeous haircut, and you got I did. Your, and you had your Apple Watch. I do. Which you're developing a new relationship with, obviously. I'm gonna put it on for Ari to see, so that he knows that I'm like with single. It. So he knows he's single. No, and so that he knows that I'm tracking my health with three circles. Yeah, just I in think, case. I think he. I do think it's important for him to know. Yeah, I do we too. have a guest today, and we're but gonna I get- am going to tell him I'm not going to vote, <laughs> even though I already did, just because I want to see what he says. Yeah, let's see what he does. Let's make him squirm a little. He's so he's so cool under pressure. Irish I know Bureau. he's a jazz singer. Yeah, Pink Martini. Excuse me. Don't I know it? Do you think he drinks a gallon of Crystal Light before How, every show? You know what? What Rana? do you think he does? Is it? Are you drinking it? I just realized you're drinking Crystal Light now because it turns your lips a little red. And you've been known to I don't like, have any makeup here, like so a, I did. Yeah. I, I used to, to say to you, some... are you wearing lip gloss? And you'd say, no, this is just the color of my lips. And then I eventually realized it was probably a Burt's Bees situation or something. Well, so a I just wanted- bees. I didn't have any makeup to put on for Ari, so Crystal Light is sort of the next best thing <laughs> for me. But do you think that's what he does for his vocal warm-up is drinks a gallon of Crystal Light? You know or... what, Rana? I, I know that you're not. that's not a serious question. I can tell by the way you said it. How do you know whether it's a serious question or not? I'm wearing my eye coffee and voted sticker. Well, now's the time me. to wear it. And, and if I, you haven't voted yet, you should have already voted if it, if you can in your state. If you're able to. What Correct. are you waiting for? Someone was telling me that John Oliver was telling people they should. some people should wait to vote depending on the – well, there's some states that don't count the votes until – 
the some day. that start vote counting before and the some that don't start counting until the day. Why do they always say we're not going to know about this election until like a week after? Is it because of all the mail-in because, ballots? Because there are states that won't start counting until the day. And so they have to sort through all of the mail-in, absentee, whatever you want to call it, dropped off ballots. That's so annoying oh, because it's just it's everyone be wants this over with, you know? I know, but we also want to make sure it's a... Oh, yeah, that's you know, true. Yeah. An appropriately... Of course. ...run election. But I can assure you there's going to be all kinds of shenanigans coming up. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with you? In Not your much. Per, in your personal... There's, think personal. there's some tension between the lobsterman and me, and I, I, I oh, I'm not interested in that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Also, in my personal life, I've been <laughs> loving the seamless transition of uh, post-COVID Ju- Judge Judy new episodes. Oh, I don't know anything about this. So there's no one in the courthouse. There's just the witness and the plaintiff. She's not even there. She's in her son's home in Connecticut in front of a green screen. You would never know. So they really? just put it's it, not like the green screen Trump was in front of this week. Did you see okay, that? I did. The first couple episodes are like that of Judy okay. Beck, but then they figured something out to where now you can't tell at all. Is this the new show that she called something else? No, because she's still under the CBS contract. Oh, okay. And if she had any, so her courtroom is open. So the court system is, so when did she start? When did she come back? Like, Two weeks ago, oh. and Bird is in LA on the okay. set, and the plaintiff and the defendant are on the set, but Judy okay. is at home in Connecticut, green screened in, um, and looks now looks it looks seamless. And she went from a ponytail to like a bun. Really? Yeah. So she's got hair and makeup. She's got everything she needs. It's just she's got it all. Yeah. Does she normally shoot in LA? The show? No. Yeah. Really. Yes, when I saw it, she only flies out. She does like. Excuse me, you were in the audience at Judge Judy? Oh my God, of course I got it. (gasps) I think I went when I was like 24, 25. Yeah. It was incredible. I can't handle it. It was incredible. What happened with Wendy? Where is she right now? She's back on. She is. You didn't see her calling, having a really serious conversation the other day and saying, like, everyone, you really need to take Cornova much more seriously. Cornova? Yeah, that's what she kept calling it. The coronavirus she called Cornova. Cornova. And then she read a tweet from Donald Trump saying like COVID was no big deal or whatever that dumb tweet he said was. And she kept she kept saying, even when it said COVID-19, Cornova. God bless her. She's the best. Yeah. You can Do never you think predict- Shapiro watches Wendy Williams? We've got to ask him that. Don't forget. Let's take bets. I bet- Yes. I bet yes. Oh, we yeah. both bet yes. All right. I so bet yes. I do. Show. I do. I yeah. think I think he pro- probably watches Real Housewives. I think he watches. Uh, he seems like a high. Wendy low. Williams. Yeah, I think he. I think he has his. He's sort of like Anderson Cooper. I think he has his little moments. Well, I'm excited for Halloween coming up. I'm reading Rebecca Rana, which is our book club selection. That's exactly right. Very uh, exciting. And then, of course, you're working on your Hamburglar costume. Everyone knows that. <sighs> working on Hamburglar. Working on my Russell Crowe. I mean, I'm really just doing for the. Quiff. I had. Such a great time on our 50th episode, I have to say. That was really fun. Really a blast. And we probably should thank Adam O'Byrne and Tony and Nick and everyone that's been working so hard on the show because they really have Yeah. They are the the bones of the back. That well, or the the bones of the corset. 
They're the bones of the corset. That's true. Yeah. They're the bones of the. They're, they're just, the whale I'm, I'm, bones. I feel suffocated around them. The whale bones and the corset. That's yeah. who they are. But it was they're such fabulous. fun, and everyone was talking over on and on about how much fun I had laughing about your hamburger buns. But it's true. I didn't even think it was funny. But no. yeah, no. Well, it wasn't true. It was something that happened. Which That's is something exactly. That, just like my sister in a Chanel trick or treat back. It's just something that happened. Exactly right, Rana. Are okay. Are you have you have you decided what Halloween is going to be yet at your house? Are you giving away candy? Are I you putting you candy I'm gonna out? Give, I'm going to put the bars out as I always do the full size candy bars mm. with the note from the Marblehead Police Department. By order mm. of the Marblehead Police Department, please take one. But what I'm doing is I'm getting some of those stickers that they have outside the stores six feet, six feet, six oh, feet with the little feet on them. Yeah, and I'm going to do those like pumpkins all down my. Uh, walkway. So the kids, when they come to get them, they have to stay six feet apart. And then I'm going to, as I said, Ziploc each one. And then I'll spray them all, the Ziplocs outside. I'll spray down with Lysol, which Great. if you let it sit there for 10 minutes, kills everything on kills the surface. That's true. And so that way the candy won't be affected, but we'll just know that everything, there's no one who's going to be able to contact Trace May. That's but a, they're sure. still welcome to stop by and pick up a full size candy. I mean, that's quite a want. production, Rana. You know who I, ignores this? I do ask that they all wear gloves, though, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. they're kids, so we'll see if they do. Well, but Rana, they're people. Rana, yeah. do you know who ignores those six feet things at Shoebies? Who? Shelly Feinberg. She doesn't even care. Shelly Feinberg? Yep. I saw She's her at back Shoebies. in the picture. I saw her at Shoebies, Rana. I never Her- heard anything more likely than Shelly Feinberg ignoring a six foot foot thing at Shoebies. And do you think she wears? Do you think she pulls up the mask over her nose or not? I bet you no. No, well, she obviously wears it over her mouth, under her nose. Correct. Correct. And I bet they keep telling, "Excuse me, could you please? Could you they please?" They do. They do. She it, but loves then- to act like she doesn't hear things when people say them to her. That's her favorite thing to do. Complete. She acts like she's totally caught unaware by the situation. Was she wearing her workout clothes in a down vest? Yep. yep. And by the way, I know she hadn't worked out, or you know, because, or at least not at the JCC. Did she recognize you? Or did she completely blank you when she saw you. She clocked me. Yeah. She clocked me. We. Wow. We, she's probably wondering what you're still doing in town. I think she honestly is, Rana, because she yeah. looked at me like as if like game seeing game. You well, know what I mean? Well, because she knows you know what she's about. And then, by the way, in case people don't remember, you won that litigation with her at the JCC. I and they did, did with your help, Rana. They reinstated your membership. Which is why, actually, ever since we won that and I got my membership back, yeah. I didn't really think about it too much and how much I owed you. So I might drop the balance sheet a little bit about who owes what. You know what I mean? I think we should oh. just forget about the balance sheet altogether. Forget about the tomatoes. Forget about it. Honestly, forget about it. Wow. Yeah. Because I didn't- Call it even on the tomatoes. I, I'm going to think that about it. I'll, so I'll let you know. That is so generous of you. Thank you. I love that. Thank and who you, ended Dio. up, and I can't believe, so did the guy just do it pro bono or who paid him? I never was asked for a dime or maybe I wasn't. I don't remember. Yes, Brian, everyone does everything for free. I don't know if you've heard that before. Well, anyway. Yeah. Have you ever heard the expression, there's no free lunch? Yes. So listen to this. It's a okay. physics expression, actually. Finish? Physics. Oh. There's no free lunch comes from physics, okay? Use it in a banana. One, two, three, four. I Gives love it. Gives five stars and writes 
sheer delight. This has quickly become the podcast I look forward to each week. The 50th episode had me in stitches and I will never look at hamburger buns the same way again. I don't think any of us will. I mean, I'm Ronna- so glad people are writing reviews. You know, we haven't been asking them to, but it really makes such a big difference to the show. It makes a huge difference. But I, for those of you who haven't heard the 50th, Ronna fell off her saddle. I mean, truly. We The clip, the whole show is as a gift. We put it up on YouTube, the whole yes, show. So it people is worth can see it there. Second. And it happens around the nine minute mock that you made me fall off my chair. I mean, I'm begging everyone to go watch it. It's yeah. wild. Okay, read this next one. Oh, yes. Please write reviews. Follow us on Instagram. I'm we so are tired verified. of asking people to follow us, but they won't. They just won't do it, and I don't Put, know what to do. I'm so absolutely. depressed about it. Ronna Glickman, personally, my Instagram, does not have a blue check. Now that I hate to tell outra- you. I, I mean, so, everyone just I'd like to bring to- that up with the Hoffman sisters if they're interested. But We're you giving know. you top-tier guests every uh, week, uh, top-tier advice every week. Yes, and as, all we ask is for a click or two. As user Shades of Brian says, what's not to love? Yeah. Shades of Brian gives five stars and says, I think you should read this if you Ronna want. Ronna and Brian have been filling my ear holes with joy separately and together for years. This podcast is what the world didn't know it needed during this wacky pandemic. Yeah. Thank you for providing us all with a much needed dose of high-low content during this cluster fluff of a year. Cluster, cluster fluff. fluff. I've never heard that. No. P.S. Brian, you'll be happy to know that part of my nightly routine with my three-and-a-half-year-old is watching 10 to 15 minutes of a supermarket sweep rerun on Ah. Netflix. He gets so into it and tries to play along. Join the club. I do, too. That's great. That is cute. And finally, Dr. Zhivago. Oh, finally. A letter from Dr. Zhivago. Last week, I called you Lara. You did. You did. Gave us five stars and wrote, Rana has an earned intimidation through her consistently astute guidance. Padma. Thank you, Brian, for having the courage to be an excellent and hilarious foil to this sagacious and terrifying maven. (laughs) Producer's note, maybe cool it with the thesaurus, Dr. Zhivago. That's Adam. Oh! (laughs) And that's Adam O'Byrne, Pete, who, by the way, was the very first person to post to vote and post his "I Coffee and Voted" sticker. Pardon me, his picture <sighs> with an. He was with his uh, wife, my litigator, and they both "I Coffee and Voted." They were wearing the stickers and they posted their pictures. Uh, but well, I, yes, he's saying, "Cool it on the thesaurus, Doctor Zhivago." Well, I also wanted to. This is a shout out to Adam. I, I and directly, I, I just I've been inviting him. Um, the next time I'm in LA or whenever he's in Boston or whatever, to go on a double date with me and the lobsterman with you with him and that litigator, and he will not write me back about it. That litigator happens to be his wife. Well, and he has two gorgeous girls that he's trying to homeschool and do this and that. Well, the zoom, first thing I said was zoom the in fir- and zoom out. I did say I would love to go on a double date with you two, but first things first, the kids need a sitter. And then he didn't write back. So I don't well, know. Well, that's fair. They're not invited. No. No. You can't so leave them at my house, that's for sure. Yeah. Sticky fingers all over the place, those two. Yeah. Yeah. The little They're one so cute. The little one only eats chocolate exclusively. That's her Good whole for her. That's her whole diet is chocolate. Honestly, if it could be Tomatoes mine. Tomatoes and be. chocolate, that's all she eats. Together? No, she, they make her eat the tomatoes just so that she's had something and then she Look, eats chocolate. That's a high low thing if I've ever heard it. Yeah. Uh so listen, askronacoffee.com. 
I coffee and voted. Three dollars off every bag if you subscribe. You can cancel anytime. The shipping's ha- free. The shipping's free. I hate to tell you, I'd rather be looking at it instead of looking for it. I hate Correct. to tell you, and I don't wanna. I just wanna say I'm back in the lab with the coffee with the Bixby boys. Rana. So I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with something. And again, as I always say, I will only put it out if it's worthwhile. But I am trying to come up with a little something extra, extra special for holiday. You know, Rana, I've never heard of a Hanukkah blend. Well, you haven't. You never heard of a Hanukkah blend before? I haven't. Maybe that's very interesting. You never heard of maybe a gelt flavored chocolate before? I mean, coffee before? No. Just saying, I'm <gasps> hot, I am hot at work in the studio, and I'm thinking of uh, all the major religions while I'm working on it. I'll oh just say that. Oh, my God. Yeah. An Forget inclusive the religions. cup of coffee. I don't coffee. mean religions. I mean holiday. I'm thinking holiday. of holiday time. I'm not sure. t- thinking of specifics. Well, I hope Megan Kelly doesn't yeah. hear about what you just said. Oh, please. Is she still around? I don't think she so. Should, I don't know. She's got to move somewhere. But listen, I think our friend Ari is here. Oh my God. I'm so excited. So I, I'm excited. We've got to get into this because we want to talk to Ari, but then we've got to do the real pr- thing that the show is for. The real purpose of the show is to give people advice. So that's true. Yeah. We got to give Ari a chance to give people a little advice after he, after he catches us up on what's going on. Yes. Okay. Without further ado. Ari Shapiro. Brian. Rana. I've got to tell you about a hot new podcast that you and I are both going to be appearing on. Excuse me. We're going to be on the second episode on October 22nd. Excuse me. Our absolute fave, Adam Marine, pardon me, Mm -hmm. is back with her fabulous iHeartRadio podcast, Will You Accept This, Rose? I'm excited for this season, Rana, because the Bachelorette's like not 21. I think she's like 38, 39, which is much more interesting. Past her prime childbearing years. There's no question about it. So the stakes are higher than ever (laughs) for this year's Bachelorette. But will, will you accept this, Rose? Adam does all the shows She because she's been doing it for a couple of years now, but she does The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, yep. Bachelor in Paradise, all the franchises. Bachelorette just started. That's the right. The podcast is starting right after that. It's from October 15th is the first episode. We're going to be on the second episode. We She has had all kinds of amazing celebrity guests on and people we know and love like Paget Brewster. Excuse me. Lauren Lapkus. Excuse me. Uh, we know Rob Benedict, Beverly D'Angelo, Nikki Glazer, Debbie For- Ryan, Fortune Lance Themester. Fortune, Fortune Themester, Thomas Middleditch. You name it. They've all been on there. And it feels like you're hanging out with a bunch of friends while they get into the hot details of the Bachelor franchise. Yeah. Listen, you may have other choices in Bachelor podcasts, but not one that's this funny. Couldn't agree more. They legitimately love the show. Arden legitimately loves it, so it's oh, fun yeah, to Oh, yeah, she's to. very into it. And of course, everyone should buy her new book that just came out, Little Miss Little Compton. Correct. Uh, but every Thursday uh, during the season of The Bachelorette, you should listen to Will You Accept This Rose on iHeartRadio. Fabulous. Okay. Rana. Wait a minute. I mean, this is like <laughs> top tier guest. This is like- well. This is the podcast you tell everyone in your life to listen to because you can't disagree with this guy. This is the podcast you tell your mother to listen to because he's so proud that you were able to get a guest like this. 
completely. If my mother was still alive, of course. And then your mother says, why can't you be with someone like him? Your mother (laughs) says, why aren't you him? Is what she says. That is what she says. Yeah. Excuse me. From all things considered. Get out of here. And a million other things. Come on. Excuse me. Uh Uh-huh. Is it Ari Shapiro? I think it is. It it's certainly Ari is. Ari rhymes with sorry. And listen, <laughs> if you think you can't disagree with me, you should see my Twitter replies because there are plenty of trolls who would beg to differ with you. Well, they think you're Ari Shapiro instead of uh, no, Ari Shapiro? They just Shapiro. think I'm wrong about they just anything wrong. Yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> they just yeah. can't stand you. Yeah. Ari, I but, hate to say it. They usually say you've got a face for radio. That's what they normally say about radio people, but that you've got a face for television, I'm sorry well, to say. Well, thank you. But I got to tell you, the thing that's great about radio is when people are saying nice or not so nice things about you, nobody can see you blushing. When you get nervous, nobody can see you sweating. If you fall asleep on an airplane and you're drooling on your shirt, nobody is going to snap a picture and be like, I saw Ari Shapiro drooling on his shirt. It's the best. You can be like a little bit under the radar, but also people kind of a little bit know who you are. It's like the best of both worlds. Has that changed with the whole social media thing? Because truly it used to be, and I know that you uh, worked under Nina Totenberg originally and now with Nina Totenberg, who is the absolutely most fabulous. She's incredible. But it used to be that you never knew what anybody looked like. You listen, yeah. you spent all of your time on the radio with these with these people. And I wonder who your sort of icons were growing up that you listened to on NPR. Oh, my and, God. And then you find out what they look like. And it, it's such a funny, you know, before you could it, Google people, you just had to accept. Oh, maybe you'd see them in the paper if they were at a charity event or something. But you never knew what anyone looked like. It is a weird experience to feel like you've spent every day with this person. And then you suddenly hear that voice that you recognize coming out of the face of a total stranger. Like, I remember early on, I uh, was at my cubicle, sitting, working on my whatever, keyboard, and from the other side of the cubicle wall, I heard Robert Siegel's voice. He was host of All Things Considered until he retired a couple years ago. And I was like, this voice of a person who I've listened to every night since I was a kid is now on the other side of my cubicle wall talking about like what the lunch specials in the cafeteria are. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like he's not talking about the war in Syria. He's not talking about the presidential race. He's talking about how good the black bean soup is. Did you feel that way when you overheard or met the Car Talk brothers? (laughs) Well, one of them has since passed. Oh my gosh, you're right. I'm sorry to say. But the other one I've actually never met because they live in Boston and Cambridge. And so that's another person who I feel like I know so well. And yet, like, I, I've never seen them face to face. It's crazy. And I The most recent time I had that experience was many years ago now. It was, um, I was covering the Mitt Romney campaign. It was 2012. You were embedded with the Mitt Romney campaign. I was campaign. embedded we... with the Mitt Romney campaign. Sure. Along with Michael Barbaro of the New York Times, the Daily. Sure. You were very close buddies on that campaign. But I remember an event in Pennsylvania where I plugged in and sat next to somebody who introduced himself as Dave Davies, who is one of the guest hosts of Fresh Air. When Terry Gross is out, Dave Davies fills in. And I was like, I listen to you all the time. And this voice that I recognize so well is coming out of a total stranger. It was, it's a very surreal experience. Are you you surprised as a broadcaster, as a radio broadcaster at the success that Michael Barbaro, who obviously does not have a voice for radio, 
But your words, but, not mine. I would well, never. Well, I, I don't think never. that was. I don't think that was. I think it's fair to say that because that right, was not right. his ambition. Mm, right. And so I mean, he was really a reporter, and then he's an incredible interviewer. And the mm, other thing he's incredible at mm, is exp- is mm, 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 is explaining. Uh, right, right, right. Is uh huh. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh is asking a question that focuses and explains an issue for people. Yeah, I think that that's really his talent. He's great at it. Yeah. I, uh, I think the daily is a brilliant use of the journalism of the New York Times in an audio format. Yeah. And totally. I've always thought that like it's to NPR's advantage to have competitors who make us better, who expand our way of thinking about how we can approach audio storytelling. And so, you know, when I started at NPR 20 years ago is when I was Nina Totenberg's intern, it wasn't the only game in town, but sort of like if you wanted to go into audio storytelling, NPR was pretty much the place to be. And now there's so many people making great audio. I think it's really exciting that people have any number of opportunities to tell great stories in an audio format but, but like it, this but, beautiful podcast we happen to be on right but now. I, I, right. I mean, but NPR is still, you know, that's still the, that's the gold standard. Let's it just, is. I mean, I'm an it. NPR not, baby. I grew up yeah, listening to it. I've spent not, my entire you know, professional nice. life. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. I would say, it's I mean, Yale. I think I listened to morning edition yeah. every, I mean, yeah. I think, yeah. There's a lot I, of schools, but you know, Ari went to Yale, you know. Well, no kidding. And you know what? He was really big in the skulls, Rana. Did you know that? Uh, I, I was I in the knew, other one, actually. I knew he was, I knew he was the close. Other one? I knew he was close with the Bush sisters, but I didn't know. They came a little after me, which I can't remember which Bush sister Barbara. went to Yale. Right. I yeah. think like her freshman year was right after I graduated, or maybe she was a freshman when I was a senior. I didn't know her, but I knew people who knew her. And then you were there with when Clarissa Wood was there, who we had on the other day. I know. It's such yeah. a small world. It's crazy. Yeah. Except at the time, like I didn't do any journalism in college. And yeah. so... Uh, I I wasn't really in that world at all. Have you talked to Nina Tautenberg since Ruth passed? Um, I sent her uh, a note and then she and I emailed a little bit. But I just, you know, I admire Nina so much. She's a legend. She's She's a friend. Do you feel comfortable giving out her email on the podcast? (laughs) What, Nina.Tautenberg at NPR.org? For a donation to your local (laughs) member station. There you, you go. Send me proof oh, of donation. I knew this was going to turn into this a is, pledge, this is a pledge drive. gift. <laughs> it's a pledge gift. You pledge now, and I'll give you Nina Totenberg's home email address. Honestly, that's great. Um, is she on a no, secure like, server? I was actually, you know, I was on vacation. I was in a cabin in a redwood forest, not totally off the grid, but pretty close to it when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. And I just thought, you know, Nina Uh, was friends with her for 40 years since before she was on the Supreme Court. And so to mourn the loss of a close friend at the same time that you're covering the biggest story that ever happens on your beat, just working 24-7, Nina's amazing. She's just... Uh, indefatigable, relentless. Can I tell you the best advice Nina ever gave me when I was her intern? Yeah. So uh, one of my jobs as her intern was to call the lawyers in various cases and, you know, set up an interview that Nina would do with them. And they didn't always want to do the interview. And so I would politely sort of try to twist their arm and whatever. And at some point, Nina (laughs) turned to me after a phone call and she said, Ari, you need to grow a pair. And that's the best advice that Nina ever gave me. <laughs> Pretty good advice. And and you know what? I like to think I did. 
I like to think. Well, they now... kept you, they've kept you around a little bit, Ari, it seems. seems. You know, I've, I've had the opportunity to bounce around to a lot of different jobs within NPR. And now for five years, I've hosted All Things Considered, which I love because it kind of combines all of the different skills that I got when I was a White House correspondent or yeah. a foreign correspondent or covering the Justice Department. Uh, and so I get to do everything from interviewing politicians to novelists to, I don't know, uh, frontline firefighters. It's the yeah. mix that I really enjoy. And yeah. ultimately, this is going to all lead you to where you've always wanted to be, which is you're going to interview on Dateline. That's my yeah. hope. We yeah. do, That's I my mean, true aspiration so that when you're sitting in a hospital waiting room, it's my voice that you'll hear coming out of that iPhone. John Quinones has, he can't do it forever. like callback there? Can't do it I was going to say, Rana only recently heard someone in a I, waiting listen, room. I listened to the show. Don't say Ari Shapiro doesn't do his homework. Don't no say kidding. it. No Ari, kidding. did you receive the coffee yet that we sent you? I'm I haven't curious. gotten it yet, but you know, radio people love their coffee. Journalists so love their coffee. With so I'm your super coffee, excited. You will be receiving with the coffee one of our fabulous I Coffee and Voted stickers that we're sending nice. to people. Oh, well, I've already cast my ballot in DC. So, so then you I can have wear my your sticker. sticker. You have the, the right is, to wear this sticker. I don't interact sticker. with any humans face to face, and this is the only time I've ever been on camera. And so, who's going to see the I voted sticker? You can't hear it on the radio. Are so you I've doing... got it, but you know. I I thought I was supposed to wear mine on November third. So I are you are oh, you supposed that... to? I don't know. That's what I, I assumed. I don't know. I guess. If on, you on the day, day I also voted, maybe? but I'm not getting recognition for it. Uh, <laughs> I'll recognize you right here, Brian. I appreciate you casting your vote this and is exercising an official, your role in the democracy. An official NPR recognition of Brian's uh, of Brian's right. voting of your voting record, dear. Yeah. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you for your pledge. Okay, pledge. so I mean your today vote. what we're going to do is we're going to do a little advice for people. I but can't wait. The yes. first thing I need to know, Ari is mm -hmm. and again this whole picture is going to change by the time we get get around to Tuesday when the episode releases uh -huh. but i need to right <laughs> put on his stick are you going to ask me what's going to happen in the election? Is that, no. what, is that what's coming? I mean, coming? I'd, I'd love to know your opinion, but I also want to know if you can remember a week or let's say a 12-day period in recent record that has been so goddamn upside down bananas. And also, uh, I would like to know, and you can tell me on the record or off the record, how you feel about the president of the United States having a personal physician who's an osteopath. That's the other thing I'd like to know. But you can answer those questions. What is an questions. osteopath exactly? I don't well, even know. Well, it's not an MD. I can okay. tell you that. Okay. I don't know enough about medicine to really weigh in on the osteopath question, but sure. I will tell you that because I have never... Because most people have never heard of an osteopath. <laughs> I have never... I mean... Like, to some extent, this has been true the entire Trump administration, right? That, yeah. like, ordinarily, a, a big story would happen, and we'd cover that story. And then the second day, we'd cover the implications of that story. And yeah. the third day, we'd cover, like, where that story might go next. And now there's five of those things happening every day. And yeah. so it's just, I mean, as a news consumer, when you look at... The the spate of things that happened in a week from like the presidential debate to the COVID diagnosis to the New York Times tax story to the Melania tapes. The tax and returns, on and on exactly. And on. The tax returns. Like, I mean, and then we have like the plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, the oh governor of Michigan. God. So like as a news consumer, 
I don't know how you digest all of that. And as somebody who reports the news and helps put together a two-hour news program every day, we have to struggle with like, well, you know, there are things happening in other parts of the world too. The world isn't yeah. all politics and the world isn't all misery. So yeah. how do we get the joy, surprise, and uplift in the mix? How do we get a variety of stories on different topics without just burying listeners in a deluge of like eye-popping stories that are impossible to, to totally wrap your head around? And and I think we're still figuring that out. And well, I think a way so to fatigued. figure it out is, yeah. and I've, I've I've thought this for years listening to All Things Considered. I think the way to figure that out is really you need to be reporting on where the emails went back in. Oh, you 20- mean the Hillary emails? Yes. Yeah. And the Hillary that's emails. What you were Thank all you for that suggestion. <laughs> that's a great suggestion. And You're I welcome. will make it's sure clear- to file that away for the appropriate moment. Well, I would. It's always the appropriate. Now, moment. shall I tell? I, I don't know if I told Brian this yet. I have a theory, and I want to. And and I this is something I do, Ari. Mm-hmm. I have a little bit of a clairvoyant streak, and I'll. You know, so did my grandmother. But go on. My grandmother was a fortune teller at carnivals, but not to derail the story. Yes. Wow. Clairvoyant. No, but that's streak. like Rana. Rana. Please I go have, on. I have a shtetl clairvoyant streak. I do. So did my grandmother. Yes. Continue. And I have a thing where I see something and I just know what it is. And uh-huh. I say it and everyone says, you're crazy, Rana. And then a week later, it, it becomes the thing. Sometimes you just see something. I yeah. honestly think it's just like recognizing patterns in nature kind of I thing. have witnessed this, as have the listeners, and it is absolutely true. You're a Cassandra. Think, it's a curse in a way. Yeah. I think Kellyanne Conway and Bill Barr are having an affair. With who? Each other. Oh, that they're, I see that with each other. <laughs> with who? With who? Ew, why do you think the that? The only appropriate response to that is with who? <laughs> with a murder one and a toad. That's who. I think they're having an affair. And I don't know whether it's been consummated or it hasn't been consummated, but I want each of you to go back and look at the footage from the Super Spreader event, from the Amy Coney Barrett really? Super Spreader event. And I want you to notice Kellyanne and Bill having a side conversation, which the first thing you say to yourself is, what's he talking to her for? He doesn't want to talk to anybody, Bill Burr. He wants to show up and do what he's supposed to do, and then he wants to go back to the office because he's too busy dissembling civilization. Sure. So he's busy. And she is standing there, and her doing her, her shoulders are back, and she's standing straight up, and she's listening to what he's saying in her ear, leaning this way. In, a, in such, And he is leaning in and speaking in her ear in a fashion that you really only see when there is a certain intimacy or at least a sort of folly ado going on. So I'm not going to say it's 100% been consummated, but I am going to say that there is a spark. Could I just clarify the difference between uh, intimacy and folly ado? Because I want to make sure that we've got the (laughs) prediction nailed down. Just, you know, so so we have like, you're right. We can't mislead people, Rana. There is a team aspect to whatever's going on between them. And, and I and think it goes beyond just wanting to keep the Republican Party in power. And I think that might be where the spark came from, that they have an ideological, uh, you know, they have a, a sort of, there's something sexy when you want the same thing. But I think, I think he doesn't mind a little Kelly and Conway. 
is what I think. And I also want to say that I think Jill Biden, every time, who I love every time I see her, reminds me of a Jersey Shore beach waitress. Who uh, Jill Biden? Dr. Abs- Biden? 100%. I think Jill Biden was a Jersey Shore beach waitress, and she's this sort of person who says, we're sorry we kept you waiting. We're going to bring you a free basket of fries. Well, and lucky she's like, her. Don't that was worry. My- Those she- people are icons. I hope oh, no, she... But- I bet she was the best waitress that ever worked at the Jersey Shore when she was I 22. I love being a waiter. I got to say, yeah. I, I always too. felt like if, if journalism ever fell apart for me, I would happily go back to waiting tables. Were you, where were you a waiter? In New York? or, or where, where? I was a waiter in Portland, Oregon. In Portland. And I worked oh. at this crazy coffee and dessert house called the Rimsky Corsa Coffee House. And there was like a table that would slowly rotate and one that lifted up and down and one that like slipped back into the wall. So fun. And I just feel like to be a good waiter, you have to have like the heart of a servant and enjoy sort of (laughs) meeting other people's needs. And I really loved like feeding people and giving people a small thing that made their life better. On, you know what I mean? Like what night after quality. night, a person would come in hungry and they would leave satisfied. And I could say that was a thing that I helped make better in the world. I made a hungry person full. That's so lovely. Where, where is your, of all the places you've lived, and then we're going to move on to the real stuff. And by the way, yeah. Ari, I know you're not confirming or denying, but when you do get the hot tip, <laughs> I want you to send it straight here off the record did and let us you, know. Did you like how I just changed the subject yeah. right you, off the Kelly on Conway Bill Barr stuff? Uh, and did you like how I went right the Jill back? Biden stuff? I was like, yeah, I liked being a waiter. Yeah. I can talk about waiting tables. Yeah, Jill Biden's terrific, but she absolutely was like, oh, he, we're so sorry me we kept Mike you Pence, waiting. Ari. You really do. I remind you of Mike Pence. No fly well, on did, the hair, at least not that a, I've noticed. He did a great job of, well, he did a job of yeah. d- of changing the subject every second he could. Oh, yeah. oh, well, yeah. thank you, I think. You're, you're uh, so welcome. Of all the places you've lived, Ari, yeah. what is your favorite country or city to eat in? Oh, wow, what a great question. Um, I was surprised at how much... Well, okay, you're saying lived, not visited. Because there be, are a lot of could, places. No, be, whatever came to mind is fine. Visited or lived. I think if I had to choose one cuisine to eat for the rest of my life, it would be, um, it would be. Oh, I could like start an international incident here. I was going to say it could be Lebanese or Israeli food, but the Israelis will be like, well, it better be Israeli food, and the Lebanese would be like, it better be Lebanese food. But the thing I love about Middle Eastern food is that it's like the same food, very vegetable centric. Simply grilled meats, like the 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 salads are as much Delicious. herbs as they are lettuce. It's like piles of dill and parsley and basil and yeah. like it just I I love having like ten different small things that you're sharing with a lot of people. Not immense. Yeah. Yeah, it feels fresh. Stuff, grape leaf. I'm with you there. I, I would say Middle Eastern for me too. That yeah. that and my grand. I'm Syrian. My grandmother, my Syrian grandmother, used to do exactly what you just did, where she was like, "No, those countries all stole it from us." But then you ask anyone else from any other country, and they say the same thing. That's I know. Great. Like, don't start the conversation about whether there are herbs and falafel because it'll never end. You'll <laughs> exactly. just like be there for hours. But also, um, those are all cultures that love serving people. They had where the waiter gets the, such the a kick of out of yep. putting more dishes down on the table. That it's Absolutely. not the kind of place where they put everything on one plate and hand it to you. They just yeah. keep putting little dishes they keep down. They keep bringing it out. And they, They're I not going to charge the, you extra for the bread. And the, sh- oh, 
more, bring more bread. More. And the sh- and the chef loves to peek out from the kitchen and just see each person taking. Oh, did you try the muamara? Did you try <sighs> this? Did you try that? Smash this with that. Anyway. Give me those olives, those dips, those oh, flatbreads, those yeah, yeah. But Yum. some people would say that's called eating right for your blood type for you too. Oh, okay, really? I can see that the Mediterranean well, you're diet. Syrian. But uh-huh. Ari, are you Ashkenazi or are you something else? Because you're very tan. I'm a mutt. I'm like yeah. half Russian, a little bit of Turkish, Middle Eastern, yeah, uh, Greek, s- like a little bit of a lot of things. Sephardim in there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Dear Rana, Brian, and esteemed guest. Well, guests. No kidding. Just one in this case. I like that they assume I'm esteemed, but. I live. Yeah. Well, excuse me. They're I think not they're wrong. dead on, Ari. I, I think we can. Well, thank you. Thank I you, I think Brian. we can confirm that. Did you see Ari fish for a little compliment there? Well, you know what? My <laughs> real. Tell me how esteemed I am. I mean, say I don't more about say, my esteemed. I mean, I guess you could call me esteemed if you wanted to, but I but wouldn't, Rana, I wouldn't wait, say have, it about myself. Your word's not mine. We have two bets to settle. Really we, quickly. Oh, okay. Laurie, do you watch no. Wendy Williams? Oh, we uh, do. Okay, wait, I'm curious as to like who's the yes and who's the no here. Who bet well, what? Turns and how out much is both, on the line? Nothing's on the line and we both bet Nothing yes. but our dignity. <laughs> I'm sorry to say I don't. No Wendy I, I'm Williams. Sorry. I mean, like, you know, every now and then a friend will send me a YouTube clip, but I can't say as I've ever watched a complete episode. You're aware of Wendy, but you're not a fan. Oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm Wendy literate, but okay. I'm not well Wendy versed. The you second sp- one is if you yeah. drink Crystal Light, but I'm going to assume no. No, but can I tell you my <laughs> husband's favorite thing to do is get oh, one of those me. little uh, – he's going to hate me for saying this. Please. Those little um, squirt bottles that flavor the water. You bet. It's, yeah. it, like, it's basically off-brand Crystal Light, and yep. you like squeeze the like It's like a little bottle and you squeeze it. it. Yeah, totally. Yep. He loves that. And if he doesn't have one of those, he'll put like an inch of juice in a glass of water. God bless him. Of actual well, juice? Crystal Light is for him. <laughs> We've been together for 20 years, and since the day I met him, he's been 65 years old. Oh, that's sure. re- that's cu- that's very reassuring. I mean, we met when we were teenagers. We met in college, but he was like listening what to is, Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. back what then. What does he do? And was he would he travel with you when you were going to these various places? So he was, right now, oh, he runs a small consulting firm in D.C., but he. Um, He's done a lot of stuff. He was a Supreme Court litigator. He worked in the Obama White House Counsel's Office. Um, and he was working in the Obama White House Counsel's Office when I was a foreign correspondent based in London. So oh. he was in D.C. I was in London, which in a way was good because it meant I could drop everything and fly all over the world at the drop of a hat. And I didn't feel like I had schlepped him across the ocean to London and was abandoning him. Yeah. He was busy working in the White House. And, you know, once a month we would make a plan to see each other. Great. I, God, that's amazing. Can you hear my dog snoring in the background? My no, dog is but- snoring. I love I know. What kind of dog? dog. <laughs> Our dog is named Bruce. We got him at the beginning of the pandemic. He's eight years old. He's a pointer. And I have to tell you, getting a older an older dog was the best choice. He is just so good at being a dog. He doesn't think he's a person. He doesn't think he's supposed to do anything other than what he does, which is most of the time sleep. But sometimes he snores very loudly like right now. So sweet. I can't hear him at all. And thank okay, God good. he's eight years old because if he was any younger as a pointer, you'd have to run 10 miles a day with him. Chase him all over the place. Yeah, mm-hmm. because those are, those are working dogs. Uh, so Wendy Williams, no, and Crystal Light, no. I'm sorry to disappoint on both right. counts. Well, That's okay. 
I guess we thought you were going to be more sophisticated and not so insular. <laughs> it's it's good to have things to strive for. It's yeah. good to have goals. Seems like you sort of just live in your little world, but your little your liberal world, Ari. Okay, yeah. my my NPR bubble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Yes, the NPR. You literally do live in the NPR bubble. I mean, I've been living yeah. in. You my, live inside. The NPR of bubble it. has yeah. been my house, my home office studio since yeah. the pandemic started. Well, I'm also glad you're married because otherwise you'd be living in sin. <laughs> I manage to sin occasionally, you know. Some of the seven have crossed my path. Sure, sure, yeah, sure. Ari had sugar for breakfast today, Brian. It's true. Gluttony check. <laughs> check it off the list. Six to go. Dear Rana, Brian, and esteemed guest or guests, I live in an L.A. apartment with a close friend of many years, his two cats, and my new kitten. Yes, two single gay men in their 30s and three cats. Wow. Okay. Sounds a little okay. sad or questionable on paper, but honestly, we get along great. and There's plenty of space for the cats. I feel luckier than most in 2020 to get along with the person I'm in quarantine with. Everybody wants their little puns and their cuteness when it comes to this Corovna. What did Wendy call it? She called it Cornova. Cornova. The Cornova virus, of course. Uh, to still be employed though not making as much as I'd like. And we've even moved upstairs in May to a bigger apartment. I certainly hope so. There's a menagerie taking place here. Not to be confused with the menage. That's another story. Well, we don't know what those cats are up to. Right? That's one but, of the seven cents. Believe <laughs> it or not, my dilemma is actually a fun one, I think. I'm terrible at interior design. I certainly didn't inherit, an, inherit any skills in this department growing up as a child. Growing up. As a child, I lived in a cramped suburban condo that some might describe as white trash. That said, the only real decoration I remember in my childhood home was a wall display of my mother's Betty Boop collectible plates. Yes. Sounds wow. like sounds like the Shapiro home. That Everything else was purely functional and beat down. As I moved on in life in San Francisco, I developed a shabby chic, more shabby than chic. Chic spelled incorrectly, thrift store aesthetic, but aesthetic spelled correctly. But it always <laughs> just felt like whatever I had around and whatever I did, I stumbled upon while browsing Goodwill, which I love to do. For example, I'd almost consider hanging those collectible plates as a joke, but don't worry, I haven't and I won't. <laughs> well, now I am worried, but in any event. My home space has typically been the opposite of sexy and well-decorated. While that may have worked in my 20s, oh, sorry. And while that may have worked in my 20s, I'm ready to upgrade. I love my clothes and I think I have taste, good taste in fashion and art. But when it comes to interior design, I just really don't understand how people pull it together. How do you do it without spending a ton of money? How the hell am I going to decorate during COVID when thrift and vintage store browsing is a no-go for me? Oh, hmm. I want my home to be a comfortable place to be, one that people walk into when the pandemic is over and say, this is so cute. I need my own personal version of Shades of Vanilla, excuse me. Where do I start? There's just too many options online. Much of it is too expensive, and I get mixed up with what's important to What's most important to start with? Because it feels like everything needs to work together. I'm paralyzed. Rana Bryan guessed, how would you get moving with this project in a fun, smart, economical way during the pandemic? Or is it hopeless? Thank you for your help, Scott. P.S. 
the roommate is down for putting some inspiration and effort into the space, but he may need to focus his own messy bedroom for the time being. Hi, Harris. We have both been huge Rana fans for years. Brian is okay, too. Oh, thank you. That is really- I think you're okay, too, Brian. I appreciate that. You know, okay and esteemed are about the same word, so <laughs> yeah, fair, I'll take it. Fair, yeah, yeah. They like to tease. Okay host and esteemed guest. <laughs> they, like, right. they like to tease Brian Ari because they want to see if they can get a, a reaction out of him. It's something that a lot of our, well, our guess listeners what, like guess to Guess what, do. suckers? I'm in a good mood today, so you're not going to get it. It's that I crystal voted. light. I it's voted. the crystal light. You have a light. bad day when you're sipping crystal light. You certainly can, Ari. You certainly can. What do you Ari, think, do, you two? Listen, my advice is always just to start with one room at a time and and the rooms you're in the most. So your bathroom or your bedroom. Your bathroom seems like the easiest place to start because there's not much you can do. So just start there. Okay. I'm zeroing in on the PS and I'm thinking PS Palm Springs. It's a short road trip from L.A., there are amazing, mm. cute outdoor places to browse for vintage. Yep. It's already been curated for you, so you're not going to be sorting through utter trash. I think you plan Great idea. a decorating shopping trip where you bring like measurements and photos of your space, and you just decide these four days in Palm Springs take a long weekend. We're going to do it. Like, maybe you pick out a crazy wallpaper for an accent wall. Maybe you pick out a really cute mid-century modern chair for a corner. And once you've got those key pieces, then you can kind of slowly add other stuff. But I say dedicate a weekend to it. Go to Palm Springs where you know you will find good things. The weather is nice. You can be outdoors. It'll be safe COVID-wise, and you'll find amazing stuff. And don't throw out the Betty Boot plates, even if you don't put them up. I, I think it's totally really sweet to use that you the have Betty them. Boot plates. Yeah. I don't think that's a. Be- I mean, depends Eat how many them. we're talking here. Eat and off you- the Betty Boot plates, genius. Once we can have dinner parties again. Joan Rivers he- always said, "Use your nice stuff. Don't put it away." Well, I couldn't agree more about that. I will say this about the Betty Boot plates: as much as the fact that, like, first of all, that is a whirlwind of fabulous advice right there from Irish Shapiro. Oh, thank you. you. I, mean, Dead, I mean, they fabulous. do. That's all vintage there, and it goes from right? affordable to you know really high end, but still the yeah. affordable stuff is fantastic. And yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. What a step ahead that it's already curated for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, just pick a couple of things that that uh, that bring you joy and that are fun, and that you think, oh, I love that. I want a purple chair in my house, or I want this, or I want that, and everything else. That will that will break the paralysis. If you see Absolutely. a thing, you feel like you have to have. Get that thing and then figure out how it works around 100%. that. 100%. Of course, Pinterest, yeah. this, that. You start going down those kind of rabbit holes. It may seem overwhelming, but actually it's quite relaxing to just sort of clip, click through this, that. Add a million things to your board if you want to. Use it or don't use it. There's no pressure there. Uh, there are sites, of course, online, but I love the idea of being able to get out there because that's what he misses is going through stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Betty Boop plates, again, I can't believe how many times that expression has been <laughs> ne- never before in my life and hopefully never again. But I will say this. It's a fond memory feel. It's so sweet, I think. Yeah. It was the one thing in your house that gave your mother a smile and that you remember from your childhood. And so there has to be a silly, ironic, cute way to use those plates. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it doesn't I make mean, you a Betty Boop collector to have a couple of Betty Boop plates. 
I mean, here's a crazy idea. If you really don't want to display the Betty Boot plates or use them to eat off of, put a little potted plant on them to catch the drips. You sure. know, it's not going to ruin the plate. It'll be a useful function. Everybody loves a little house plant to bring some green into the space. And, you know, you're incorporating them into your life. I also think that's, if you're thinking of that sort of Palm Springs, mid-century, et cetera. But then if you want to, and maybe this is you thing and it's not you thing, but when you think about that sort of Jonathan Adler, Simon Dune, and who has a new book out, actually. I, I don't know what it's about, but it came out this week. It's about the emails. I read it. I was going to uh, say the Syrian civil war. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think it's about the U.S. withdrawal from Syria and, uh-huh. and, must, then, yeah. and then the Middle East yeah. imploding as a result of it that. It must be. America's just, reputation in the world, all of those factors. It may only it. be about Erdogan. I can't remember. <laughs> we but don't know. What it, what it is about <laughs> is wh- there is always a certain amount of whimsy with that kind of design, if you're interested in that version of Palm Springs, you know, the pill containers and the this and the that. Yeah. So there's a way to use them in a tongue-in-cheek way. You're right. That does fit that sort of like... And they're colorful Jeff probably. Thing. So yeah. yeah, even if it's that weird sort of, oh, is that a Betty Boop plate in the middle of this beautifully appointed living room? And the answer yeah. is, it's it may seem silly, but it's the only thing that I gave me a real smile from my childhood. Who could it argue with that? It also sounds like he's a bit paralyzed. And I would say just don't be afraid to make mistakes. Try things out. And yeah. if you don't like them, sell them on Craigslist and get something else. You know, Paint just like take the plunge and see color. how it works. Exactly. Because totally. that yeah. is an easy thing. I, I have to say, like, decorating your place can be something you, that really does induce panic after a while because it just seems so overwhelming. And yeah. what if this doesn't go with this and this doesn't go with this? I think your advice about just finding a couple things you really love and then I think everything will just click in. But don't mm-hmm. try not to overthink it because it's really easy to overthink. Fabulous. Yeah. Okay, next okay. question, please. You got it. Okay. Dear Rana, Brian, and esteemed get again esteemed yeah, again guest. they must have it's known like it was going to be knew. me they it's know like they, like they know i'm a 27 year old and then in parentheses they write i know the worst age to be for a man yeah well 29 is the official worst but 27 is close behind it i'm from a small southwest texas town lubbock i'm very familiar with lubbock so hopefully brian can relate to my situation as an el paso native I've lived in Texas all my life and have always liked the small town vibes, plus the affordability can't be beat. I can afford a two-bedroom house with a yard on a teacher's salary, and Mm. for a few years, life was good. However, in the years of the most recent administration, I felt increasingly isolated by my conservative small town neighbors. Nothing outwardly hostile, but they're the sort of people who will smile and wave from the porch while hanging Trump banners and going to the polls to strip me of my rights as a gay and Hispanic man. And I've considered moving to the American Northeast for some time, maybe a Massachusetts suburb where I can find a more open-minded and supportive community. Excuse me. As an educator, I can work almost anywhere. But I'm wondering if those sort of people can ever really be escaped. Increasingly, we are realizing that conservative values are shared and supported all over the country while systemic racism runs deep. And the northern half of America may no longer be the enlightened part of the world we once thought it was. Excuse me. But as as someone with limited experience outside of Texas, I really just don't know. I'd love your insight as people with experience in both worlds. 
Brian coming from a small Texas town and Rana as the Massachusetts matriarch. Should I try and find a new home in a more open and supportive part of the country, or should I make the best of a relatively comfortable lot in life in a conservative area? Sincerely, E. Now, Ari, where are you from originally again? So I was born in Fargo, North Dakota, and when I was eight, my family moved to Portland, Oregon. Okay. So, and now you've lived in the NPR bubble, and you've also yes. lived across the world. In London, and then I spent, I was, I had short-term assignments in Boston and Atlanta and Miami, um, yeah. and I've, you know, not lived in, but visited. I've done reporting in so many places that I've really dug deeply into communities, which makes me want to tell E that it's really difficult to generalize, and nobody can tell you that small towns in Massachusetts are going to be one way or another because some people in that small town are going to be one way and some people are going to be another. But I think if you can go anywhere, I mean, this is just my kind of itch to explore talking, go see what it's like. Move back to Lubbock if you don't like it. You know, what have you got to lose? Try it out. Yeah, I I think, and honestly, I think that is just, and this is real bubble West Coast talking here, but I think you just that you just run into that more in a small town than you do in a big city. I mean, you run into it in a big city, but it's just not like I haven't seen. You know, I'm in Boston now, but when I'm in Los Angeles, I do I don't see Trump signs anywhere or anything like that. So I just feel like, listen, there are all kinds of people in all kinds of places, and like you said, Ari, in a, in a small town period, there's there's going to be a and in Lubbock, I know that there is a tone and there is a mood and there is an attitude where I think no one there who's voting for Trump. And I know from experience, just from my parents, they don't think they're aggressors and they don't think that they're doing anything necessarily wrong or siding with evil. But I also feel, yeah, just go somewhere. Why not? You can work from anywhere. And the worst case scenario is you miss Lubbock and you go back as far as places to go. I know you said you're on a, you know, you have a limited budget and salary. So I don't know that I would necessarily recommend like Manhattan or something like that, which it doesn't even sound like you want to be in, but it sounds like you wouldn't mind being in the suburb of a large city. Maybe. I think the fact that you've sent us this question means that there is a little bit of searching going on for you right now. And that you're curious about the world beyond the world that you've lived in. You know, the world that you've lived in, you're asking us to illuminate you about all of these other places. Why not get out there and give it a try? As both of you have said, first of all, you're 27. I mean, we joke about the age. That's a perfect age to go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you said to yourself, I want to spend the next eight years figuring out where I want to be and what I want to do. I mean, by the way, I wouldn't put any kind of clock on this, but what's the worst thing that happens? You move back to Lubbock when you're 35. You're so young. There's so The world is such a big, fascinating, inspiring place. And everywhere you go, you will learn something, but you will also, it doesn't matter if you're in, look at San Francisco, look at Berkeley, this place that doesn't matter where you go. If you think it's a bastion of this or a bastion of that, there will always be somebody there who doesn't think the way that you think. And, and also the opposite. If you move to the most conservative place in the world, there's always going to be one or two people there that share your value system. 
And it just seems to me like you could benefit from a few years around a, around a more majority community that you could live a little more openly in and that you could enjoy a little more agency over your life instead of, I mean, I think it's key, the thing you said about the people that are voting against your interests, basically. And that's their right to do that. And that's maybe the way that things are in Lubbock, Texas. But what if you lived in a community where all of those things weren't issues in any way? Mm -hmm. That would be a really freeing, exciting way to live, I think. I think in life we generally end up regretting the things we didn't do more than the things that we did. And it's scary to make a big life change and take a big leap. And yet those are the things that so often pay off. And yeah, I totally agree with you, Rana. Why not? And it it. doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be anywhere major. I mean, like, I don't know. It could be Portland. It could be like St. Petersburg, Florida is a lot like that. Or like, uh, there are part. There are certainly parts of Atlanta that are very much like Decatur that are very much like that. I mean, your yeah. your options really are. It could be endless. Hudson Valley. Yeah. It could be outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Nashville. This, I mean, there everything are places, is so crazy right now. Knoxville. Yeah. Even these liberal, as you mentioned in the letter, but even these totally, usually liberal communities. I mean, there's crazy people that are anti-maskers and this. I mean, everything is so topsy-turvy right now. Mm-hmm. But why not live in a place where what you are and what you're interested in is sort of assumed? I mean, there's there's uh, Northampton, Massachusetts, if you're or, really interested in a small town or, you know. Or, hey, if school is going to continue being remote, move to Barbados, live on the beach, and teach school Truly. in Northampton, Massachusetts. Yeah. Truly. If and you can. Um, yeah. Try that for a year. And but then try I, something I have else. to say, it would really bother me to live somewhere where I was having to see those signs every day. It would bother me. Even if I liked those people, it would bother me. And so give yourself a break from it, regardless. The only it, note of hesitation that I would give is yeah. that moving to a new community where you don't know anybody during a yes. pandemic is especially hard because yes. all the places you would ordinarily and go to meet winter. people and yeah. make new friends are not available to you. You can't just walk up to a bar and strike up a conversation with somebody. So if there's a place where you already have people who you can tap into, I'd go there. Smart. And and also maybe this is a move for next fall because we're in the school year now. So right. maybe yeah. you spend the ne- this year figuring out which schools are opening and which aren't and putting in your application in a few places. And yeah. who knows? Maybe you end up in Alaska. Maybe you end up in Chicago. Maybe you end up, you know, Wherever and you maybe end by up. then there will be a vaccine. Yes. Well, and no, it, Ari's, there's going to be one in like two weeks, I think. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Ari, oh, why are you getting this news report? Why I'm are you so getting happy the news to get a scoop Ari? on that. President I'll Trump to, said I'm at the sorry, debate, I'm have to it would cut be this short and inform the NPR newsroom <laughs> that I've just heard from Brian and Rana that there's going to be a vaccine in two weeks. And Thank also, you for that little scoop. Ari, maybe you haven't heard, but the U.S. Army's going to come knock on your door and give it to you right there. We're Roll all up my getting sleeve it. and just we're, stick we're it right it, there. We're getting it free and we're getting a toaster. And everyone's going to trust it. A toaster? And also, mm-hmm. and also Donald Trump is extre- is extremely young, so he says. And he's also um, uh, in, in perfect health. So... Ari, based well, I'm, on, I'm on... I'm glad to get it right from the source <laughs> of Brian and Rana. Rana but, and Brian. 
based on your I'm, I'm actual... I'm sorry, Rana. I know your name comes first. My deepest apologies. You know, no, honestly, it's we. It makes him feel a little better on the days that he's uh, the days that he's more esteemed than I am. And today is an esteem an esteeming Brian and Ari day. Yes, today's it is. A Ron, today's a Rana rolls with a day. Uh, here's my question to you, Ari, based on your yeah. repo- on your reporting and your sources, et cetera, because I think mm-hmm. there's so much confusion around the idea of infection and the idea of te- of of testing. Because yeah. the the question is, we don't some places really aren't equipped to test the same way as others. And right. so that's why in most places there's a fourteen day quarantine because they don't have rapid testing or they don't have the right testing or whatever it is. So that's the window in which we know mm-hmm. by that point you're clear. Yeah. What is the intel or what is the actual reporting, et cetera, on and I know it's sort of who knows? Because the president is the only person that's be, been given this unique cocktail of whatever he's been given. But what is the concern level of he says he's going to hold a rally tomorrow or whatever it is? Do we think he's like a time bomb that's just going to be a super spreader? The, the or problem do people is the White House like, just. The problem is the White House has not been straightforward with yeah. uh, their answers to the questions that reporters are asking. And they're basic questions like, when was the president's last negative COVID test? And yeah. who knows, maybe by the time this airs, the White House will have answered those questions. But from the time they announced his positive diagnosis up until the moment that we're recording this, there have been a whole lot of basic transparency issues where questions that people have every reason to expect the White House to answer, just have not been answered. And so we simply don't know. Yeah. yeah. So he could be going to, he could be going to back on the campaign trail and he could be still infectious and spreading it to people, even Ultimately, if he's in I don't know remission. if the, I, 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 like, oh, I don't wow. know what the rules are in terms of the White House doctor authorizing him to go out and mingle with people if he is yeah. in fact still contagious. I, you know, what we know is that they are optimistic and they are planning on this and that, but we, we don't, we don't actually know how things are going to play out at this moment. Yeah. Um, um, and and the problem is that it is just a black box. And so they're not being transparent about what they know and they're not being transparent about their decision-making process. And frankly, that's been a pattern in this administration yeah. since the beginning. You know, I was a White House correspondent for four years during the Obama administration. And the challenges that my colleagues doing that job today face are so much greater than the challenges that I faced doing that job it's just, it's mind boggling. I have incredible respect for them. And, and I don't know if I would have the the stamina and endurance, frankly. Yeah. Well, what's the job even? You know, I mean, you know, when I did it, how do you do the job? Yeah, yeah. When I did it, there were daily White House briefings. And yeah. now that, you know, they don't have those. And when they do, the White House press secretary often says things that just aren't true. So right. you had a, a basic completely confidence in the information. Yeah. Yeah. All right, this is our last question, Aaron. Okay, I'm ready for it. Good day to you, Ron O'Brien, and who I'm sure is a phenomenal guest. Phenomenal. I've been upgraded. Yeah. First, I would like you to know I look forward to every Tuesday and Friday. Of course, I'm a Carriage House member, excuse me. Have listened to the pod since it started and could not be more in love with both of you. Have to say that's a pet I have to say that's a pet peeve of mine people starting a sentence with have oh you mean have to say 
have listened to the pod. That's the beginning of the sentence. Oh, you're you lacking the, the pronoun. Yeah. Right. I have. So here's my quandary. For the past year, I've uh, been- Did they tr- spell that right, Rana? So, yes, they did. Capital the S, capital quandary, R. Rana. Uh, Is it with a K? <laughs> K-W-A-N. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, for the past year, I've been treating myself to some regular massages. Then, of course, when Corona started and the world ended, that came to an abrupt end. Once the economy started to open up slowly here in Massachusetts, they eventually allowed the openings of massage parlors, spelled with a U. Sure. So we've got a Brit on our hands. I think so. All over the place. So I gave it a few weeks, and when I finally mustered up the courage to leave my home after months of sitting on my couch, I scheduled an appointment with my regular masseuse, Megan. I had seen Megan quite a few times before COVID and have only seen her since uh, we've been allowed to go, and have only seen her since we've been allowed to go back, of course, with masks on the whole time and screening happening before the appointment. While Megan is working her magic, which what is usually a calming and quiet time of relaxation, her and I spend the entire time kikiing and laughing, all while she is being a great masseuse. We seem to have hit it off and have so much in common, and I look forward to seeing her once a month. I would love to hang out with her outside of her rubbing my body down with oil like a Thanksgiving turkey, which I would really suggest using butter under the skin personally on a turkey, but that's another story altogether. That'll be our Thanksgiving episode. Mm -hmm. But how and or when, like an herb butter, maybe a sage butter. I was just going to say herbs, but I didn't want to interrupt. A little garlic in there? Yeah. Yeah. You can always interrupt everyone when talking about cooking. (laughs) Uh, but how in But Rana doesn't when? use fresh herbs. That's my only complaint. She uses oh, all wait, Mrs. Dash. She uses huh. Mrs. Dash. She swears by it. Are you, no, come on. Mrs. She uses Dash, Mrs. Dash. At least get yourself some dried rosemary. That's at the very second, least. That's our second best laugh of the year, Ari. Come on. Uh, I have an herb garden, of course. Oh, thank you. And what if a I relief. need to go to Wilson's Farms to get my herbs when I pick up my turkey, I will. Okay. okay. I guess I have. I, I literally got the herbs from my garden drying right now because I wanted to harvest all of them before the first frost. And then, may I just say, I do like uh, an annual herb mix of all of the things that were in my garden dried, mixed together that I use all winter long. I give to friends when, like, I go, you oh know, go to God, their houses. Inc- like, you know, it's it's great. It's that like sounds the, amazing. Will you we, be sending it care of the carriage house, Ari? Because we'll I keep would an eye be honored in exchange mix. for the coffee that you've sent to me. It would be a privilege. <laughs> I can also send you some Mrs. Dash. Everything but the salt. <laughs> I can't believe we're going to get Ari's uh, proprietary rub. Yeah. Okay. That's Could fabulous. you put money in there too? <laughs> I'll just shred the money in with the oregano <laughs> and the rosemary. Can you? It's husband, all green. Can your husband cook too? No, absolutely not. Nope, nope, nope. Boiled egg, chicken breast, that's about the extent of it. one person in a kitchen's enough. I agree. I I hope he makes a lot of money. That's what I hope, Ari. Okay. (laughs) So. And I hope that he throws it on the bed (laughs) and then offers you a million dollars. Exactly. And he says, I no, just one's, insist he no bring one's his interested in your cash. No yes. one's interested in your opinions here, Ari. And he just throws a stack of money on the back. Yes. Okay. Make it but, rain. <laughs> but That's right. How and or when is an appropriate time? If it is appropriate at all. And if it is, should I ask to befriend her and then get a new masseuse? 
To be honest, she is great in all caps at her job. And I would hate to start over again with a new person, but how could I be friendly with her and then ask her to get rubbing once a month? This person. Also, maybe she doesn't want to be friends with a guy that writes rubbing. I, I was just going to say, do we know that this is a heterosexual man? Writing also, this? I am okay. a gay man. Oh, oh wow. That was good a, <laughs> And she is a straight woman. Rana, I, yeah. So there is no nonsense spelled incorrectly as nonsense. And so I guess that's how we knew he was gay because he spelled nonsense. And not to mention, it's a great musical, a summer stock classic, nonsense. It's really good. He spelled nonsense incorrectly. There's but the no- character that wants to be a country music singer, you know? <laughs> oh, I never know if I want to see nonsense Sheer Madness or Menopause oh. the Musical. It's always between Don't those see three. Sheer Madness. The I only disagree. good thing about this sheer pandemic every time. is that after decades of <gasps> Sheer Madness running at the Kennedy Center, Ari. that cursed show finally closed. It did? Sheer, sheer well, Madness the Kennedy cl- Center closed. I mean, like oh, live oh, theater is done. I see. Sheer Madness closed in Boston, and it was the For longest sure. running thing going on in the, in the, right in the combat I'll zone. I'll never forget the day when I found out. And Ellen Colton lost a job, yeah. I'll never forget when I found out. There's a moment in that show where, like, the audience thinks a mistake has happened and the entire crowd busts out laughing. I had to see that show twice, and the second time it happened again, and I was like, this is fake. Oh, that's a terrible feeling. <laughs> they wrote it's in the magic this of moment theater, Brian. where it's a terrible they break. Feeling. Yeah, it's Ugh. a terrible yeah. feeling. Anyway, the answer to your question, Brian, is nonsense. Okay, Thank so you. there now, is now no the letter writer. So there is no nonsense or question of attraction. I just think she's so much fun and would love to get to know her more as a friend. Should I ask her to get together on a socially distant get together or just leave our relationship as is? Thanks for the advice, S.A. So maybe he is British. I think so. Kiss, kiss, Adam. Okay, the signature kiss, kiss means Adam is definitely British. Well, no, kiss, what kiss. What American says kiss, kiss? Of we, the one you're looking at. We do. Oh, I. shoot. Of course. Yes. That's I'm sorry. I forgot off. where I was for a moment. I lost my sense of place. Sure, sure. He didn't um, say chin, chin. Yeah. Cheerio. No. Mm-hmm. no. Toodaloo. This is a tough one. This is hard. This is, this is very, really tough. I know, because it, it is that thing of like, also your suggestion about like, listen, if we decide to hang out, I'll definitely stop seeing you as a masseuse is probably not the way to go. Because Especially you're in paying a pandemic when, yeah, no. People are concerned about their livelihoods. Yeah. I mean, it is tough. I've never, have you ever done that? Have you ever like, either of you, have you ever had someone who was giving you a service of any kind who then you were like, oh, we should be friends. Yes, I'm very friendly with my socialist. I used to have a hairstylist who I became social with. Yeah. What were you saying, yeah. Anna? Sorry. No, no. Go ahead, Ari. So how did it go I had there? a hairstylist who I became social with, but that that's not as intimate as a massage. How did it go with the – how did you cross that bridge? Because I'm friendly with the person who cuts my hair, but – I've never hung out with him. How did it, do you remember how it got there? Or it was just sort of organic and natural. I think it was, I think it was a conversation as I was getting a haircut about like, Oh, what are you up to this weekend? I'm doing this. Oh, I'm going to that thing too. Oh, I'll see you there. We okay. saw each other at whatever the bar was. And then like, you know, we kind of became friends from there. Got it. Yeah. Well, so it wasn't I think like, that, let's be friends. Let's make a date. Let's hang out. It was I like, think Oh, there I'm has be to, the, you know. I think there yeah. has to be something where it just comes up organically somehow to yeah. where just something like, oh, have you ever 
gone on this hike or ever done this. Oh, no, I haven't. Oh, we should go sometime. It just needs to be casual. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is making a point to do it feels strange. Mm -hmm. It just, it feels overly formal. Unfortunately, at the moment, there aren't going to be holiday parties. Maybe there are in Massachusetts. But it's the sort of thing where if you were either having like an open house at your house or people over for drinks or something where there's- A group thing. 10 people. Yeah. That you could say, I'm actually doing a holiday thing on Sunday. Um, If you'd want to come by, that would be great. And then that person could sort of do that. And then you can see them in a social setting and feel that out. But this idea that you're going to become one-on-one friends doing things together, I suppose what you could do, let's say you're talking about TV shows or something like that. Well, maybe not. You Sometimes, could say, I'm a Hollywood producer, and I can put you on one yeah. of those shows yeah. if you hang That's out with me. That's an idea. That's definitely an idea. I was going to say you could text a little bit. If you're watching The Vow, or you're watching this, or you're watching that, and you say, oh, I, did you see this? Blah, blah, blah. But maybe that's crazy, too. You can, can we also, also just... Please. Can we just stipulate that if Adam feels like he doesn't want his friend to be the person who rubs him down once a month, then he should not try to be this person's friend because depriving her of her regular customer is not a thing you do during the pandemic. So like yes. only make this yeah. step if you're comfortable continuing the monthly massages. Couldn't agree more. I also don't think there's any reason why you shouldn't be comfortable with that. She has seen your yeah, whole body. Yeah. She's real. She sees herself as a sort of medical professional. I yeah. mean, she thinks she's helping you with your body. She doesn't think she's performing it an intimate service, if that makes any sense. She thinks she's a healthcare professional. I did have a situation once with a with a hairstylist that wasn't awkward at all. I genuinely couldn't go, but we were talking about some musician. I can't remember who it was. And anyway, they were they were going to be in town in concert or something. And my hairstylist was like, we should go. And I was like, oh, totally. Let's be honest. I said, I had something else. That's just nothing I would ever do. Go to a concert. It's not what you wanted. I mean, it's I'd not go the to like a rock you concert. Wanted. I wouldn't go. It's not so, the relationship you wanted. No, but I do think that you could probably just say something like, while you're laughing or talking about something, oh, we should totally go for a walk sometime or something. That seems like, and they could either say, sure, sure. And then you don't hear from them. And then that's the answer. But or. What about radical transparency? Like you got your massage, you're getting dressed, you're getting ready to leave. And you say, I don't know if there's some kind of rule against this, like with a therapist or if it's something that you would feel uncomfortable doing. But if you ever just want to kiki in the park and hang out sometime, I'd totally be down to do that. And then allow them to say, oh, I appreciate that, but it's not something I do with clients. Give them that out. Or yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you give them an out. Or, That's well, a good know, idea. Like, like, be transparent about like, I don't know if this is weird or inappropriate or a thing that you don't do or that I'm not supposed to ask. So let me just lay it out there. And also you could use the pandemic a little bit, which is obviously we're seeing each other in the pandemic and we've been testing and all of that stuff. It's sort of like it would be acceptable for us to be on a go on yeah. a walk or get a drink or do whatever, because we're already sort of in the bubble together. I'll hang out with you as long as you show a negative COVID test from within the last five days, that kind well, of thing. I always text Brian my COVID test when I get my results. That's all so the sweet. Time. How often do you get them? Yeah. Well, she I, won't let me see them swab her. And that drives me crazy because I want to see what Rana's face does. Because he wants to see me in pain. I'll tell you what my face does. This. 
<laughs> you know, when I got it, it was it wasn't up way up in the brain. I I've mine had been way up test, in the brain. It, oh, yeah. I've only done the the mouth swab. Really? Oh, yeah. And your face still does that? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Mine go way uh, up. <laughs> mine do the brain one. No, the, you do. You get the brain test. Well, Why yeah. Bother? I mean, on the show, they give us the the full brain one. Yeah, every day. I guess some people. Yeah, oh, I've you're had... like in production, getting tested before you're on set. And guess what, Ari? And I've gotten no thanks from Ron on this. I've been having to fly in COVID yeah. from Boston to LA to shoot, and then immediately turn around and come back. And it's not as fun as it used to be because of COVID, because Rana won't even hang out with me in the flesh. Can I tell you the weirdest thing? I was on an airplane just for the second time since the pandemic started, and I was near the front of Coach, which was like 85% empty. I would say Coach was like 15% full, and first class was totally full. And these people were sitting next to each other, and I was like, why wouldn't you ask to be moved back like is your cheap glass of champagne and your warm nuts really worth sitting next to a potential covid patient yeah it was crazy what airline and what route it was united flying from dc to san francisco and going back was the same it was like coach was empty first class was packed i think it's probably because people who book coach got a free upgrade because of their status or whatever but if i were sitting there i'd say hell no but why is it take me back? But also, if I paid for a first class ticket, I'd be furious if they sat someone next to me. Well, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you need to take Megan's lead on this, and you need to, and you need to not be insulted about. She may just want to keep. She may like you very much and think of you as one of her favorite patients or clients, and that may be right where this is going to live. And mm-hmm. my guess is that is where this is going to live for now. Unless you can sort of tell that she's open to a bit more of a social dynamic. And be secure in knowing that, like, she's not facilitating this sort of these fun interactions because you're her client. and and Yeah, she likes you. Yeah, that she actually likes you, yeah. I also think that there's nothing wrong with being someone's favorite client. And that that is its own its own fun relationship when you look forward to seeing somebody that you really like, but that that's just the nature of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, a favorite waiter at a restaurant. Oh, yeah. let's go. Perfect let's example. go sit at, go to whatever Bumble, but B- Binsky cafe where Ari works. Rimsky Corsa coffee house. Now, is, that still, is, is it still Russian open? Classical composer. <laughs> it's been around for like 35 years. It's in a big old unmarked Victorian mansion where, you know, in the pre-internet days that I was a waiter there, you just had to know about it and show up and walk through the front door. Um, was it like yeah. eyes wide shut? You were all blindfolded inside? No, but it was a little bit creepy. Like in the, um, in the bathroom, there it's painted to be like underwater, and so on the ceiling there was a raft with two legs hanging down, and in the corner there was a, a mannequin that was, they called him the ghost of Eric Satie, and he just like, the mannequin sat in the corner and watched you while you used the bathroom. Wow. Ari, have you Do they have a signed see- headshot of yours in there? <laughs> I mean, they didn't when I was 16 years old and working there. I can't speak to the present day. What well, was they the, need one. I want to know, one, what their best dessert was, and two, I want to know if you've ever been to St. Petersburg. Uh, their best dessert was uh, the um, Raspberry Fool, 
which was like fresh raspberries and whipped cream and a bunch of other delicious stuff. Unless you're more of a chocolate person, they had a really good chocolate dessert. They had a Sunday called Ship Goes to Pieces Against a Rock and involved mint chip. Anyway, yes, and St. Petersburg, Florida. I uh, Back uh, to yeah. the Mitt Romney that, campaign, uh, <laughs> uh, that's where the RNC, Republican National Convention, was held. Yes, that's not I, what the St. Petersburg was talking about. That was St. Petersburg oh, I Russia, was thinking of. Russia, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't been to that Sorry, I should have said, uh, yeah. I well, Brian said, mentioned that our I previous did. letter writer could move to St. Petersburg, Florida. So I was I in the Tampa-St. <laughs> Pete area. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. All Is right. that your team, Tampa? You think I have a team? Girl. <laughs> Well, that's my team. I love them. <laughs> the the who, Brian? The, the Tampa, Tam- what is it? The Rays? Sun Devils? What sport is the Tampa Rays? Rays? There's definitely a team There's that is the Ray. Tampa Rays. The Sting But Rays. I don't know what sport they play. I love yeah. when Brian you know, does this. Whenever I, I have to do a sports interview this. on All Things Considered, I lean so heavily on a producer. And I'm like, okay, so... Steph Curry, she plays in the women's NBA, <laughs> Stephanie. Like, and they're like, no, no, Steph is a man. Sure, sure, uh, sure. Yeah. So. Is he still with the Golden State? Warriors. Warriors. Golden yes. State Warriors. Yes, yes. He yes. Is, is okay. he still with the Golden State? Well, I knew that. Do you have to do a lot of sports pieces? Some. I mean, you know, we try to cover everything. And so yeah. uh, being completely ignorant of sports is no excuse to not cover it. Uh, and that's why it's great that we've got a big team of producers and editors and people with all kinds of different interests who can help fill in the gaps in my own knowledge. Yeah. There you go. All right. It's time for our giveaway, Brian. This is exciting. So Ari, mm-hmm. as you might or might not know. I every, do. I do. You do. Yeah. So we, we give something. explain it. Yeah. We give something wonderful away to the person who wrote in that we think deserves it. And as Rana likes to say, it's just a feeling. It's just mm-hmm. however it's just you feel. That's it's right. It's just a feeling. Yeah. So are we giving this to, I want to, de- Betty Boop Collectible Plates. Yeah. Or are we giving this to, uh, I want to move out of Lubbock, mm-hmm. possibly. I'm thinking of moving out of Lubbock. Or are we giving it to, can I be friends with my masseuse? So well, masseuse, he, Lubbock, Betty Boop. And what are we giving away? Oh, is that's the, the question. big question. Mm. What are we giving away, Rana? A Betty Boop plate. Well, I was gonna, I was going to give away a set of Betty Boop collectible plates, but instead, well, you can never have too many. I think what we'll give away is one of our collectible kiss kiss mugs, mm, very and sweet. to go with it, they will also be getting some coffee, which we have not given out our coffee in a while. That sounds so nice. So that's what we're going to do because everyone's going to need to get their coffee together. And and vote, and then that way they'll get the coffee and vote stickers. Because that's mm-hmm. really Perfect it's just timing. my tr- it's just my Trojan horse that I'm trying to get the gorgeous stickers to people. So that's my big idea for to today's get the giveaway. word out. The word, yeah, greases. The word is the word. So Ari, Ari what do you who think? Are you feeling? I think Lubbock has been having a tough time of it lately. It sounds like this has been a really stressful election season, and I think Lubbock could use a little love in the mail. And what's love if not a kiss-kiss mug and some coffee? I got to say, I, I hear you loud and clear. I think I think that one pulled in my heartstrings the most. It's telling Lubbock there are other cup of coffees to taste in this world. Yes. We're going to yes. send you our liberal East Coast uh, refined palate coffee, and it's gonna, and you're gonna be like uh, Pied Piper in one of those cartoons, and you're gonna follow the scent of the coffee 
all the way across the country and then go live somewhere else for a little while. Did you ever see The Witch, the movie The Witch that came out a few years ago? Oh, it's oh, spelled it's... with two Vs. The Vavitch. Yeah. The Vavitch. Yeah. The Vavitch. Yeah. I, did, I didn't watch it, no. Yeah, well, there's this I did. part at the end of it's The Vavitch. It's pretty good. I loved it. It's, it's a real mood piece, Ari. You should see it. Maybe I should watch it. It's almost yeah, Halloween. It's, it's, it's a very... It's a good, you're right. It's a, it's a good one. good Halloween movie, yeah. Okay. So All at right. the end of The Vavitch... Well, if he's going to watch it, I'm, this might spoil it. Oh, I'll just plug my... Should I pull there's out my line, ear? There's la, a la, line la, at la, the la, end la. That, that... Keep closing them. Oh, la, 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 There's la, a line la, at the end that the animal says, the goat, where he goes... The ram, where he goes, come live, come taste the high life. You're gonna have to wave when I should put my earbuds. You're good. Back in. You're okay, good. You're clear? good. Okay, I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. So anyway, back. that could be. That's what's talking to Lubbock, yeah. and okay. is encouraging him to take a chance. And moving somewhere else doesn't mean you're turning back. On, you're back on who you are and where you come from and the people that you love from that place. It just means you're trying something else. You're yeah. adding more building blocks to your life experience. You can move back. Lubbock isn't going anywhere. You could, I don't think, unless they're in some sort of a hurricane pad and something, but I don't think they are. Ari, this is the moment on the show where we read a cliffhanger. If you need oh, to go, right, right, right. No, you can. I'm good. But I want to hear it. If you want to hear the cliffhanger, I'm you dying can. to hear it. Yeah. I forget, Ron. Am I reading this or are you? I think Let's you see. are because I You're read right. the last one. Gotcha. All right, he knew. He did know, Ari. He just saw me shuffling my papers. Mm. And so he sort of started to say, Oh, Ron, I just wanted to make sure you still knew how to do a, a show. Claim your space, Brian. Don't let her elbow you out of what's oh, yours. Oh, but I think he Rana wasn't is... being elbowed. <laughs> All right, <laughs> look. Here, Here we, we go. go. This is a very real. This is a letter that we missed in our mailbag, and we found it now, and we're very excited to answer it. And we're sorry. And we're it probably took us... fairly confident the answer of this one is going to have nothing to do with pegging. And we're sorry. Well, and we're sorry that we it took know. us a few minutes to get to it. But okay. Yeah. All right. So this will be on Ask Rana Patreon. And Ari, what's your Instagram, et cetera, oh, yeah. or, or oh, your Twitter? Oh, I'm at Ari Shapiro. Actually, I got to say, Ron, I posted a little something for you in my story today as we record it, so it won't be there anymore by the time this airs, but it was just a little, you know, Well, maybe, I'll put, teaser, it in, maybe I'll put it in my highlights, Ari. Oh, That's that very would be nice. so exciting. Oh, okay. Oh, Thank okay. you, uh, Okay, here we go. Dear Rana and Brian. This is a downer of a question and no love lost if it's not podcast material. Well, guess what? Not only is it podcast material, it's Patreon podcast material. Yeah. Which is a, which is elevated. Okay. They can't all be pegging. That's right. Yeah. That's a that's a fun question. This is, that a, is a, yeah, okay. Correct. This is a this is Well, Ari, he's gonna have to call us after this and say, Can you erase the whole interview? Ari will anyway. take it all out. I yeah, promise. we will. You we can will. say whatever you wanna say. <laughs> I'll just sit here silently okay. and let you discuss pegging and fisting and a relationship that Bill Barr <laughs> I don't is having. Discuss with... any of them. <laughs> well, I, I do I want that. you to check with your sources on Bill and, and Kellyanne and let me know what's if going on. If that is it. confirmed, I will make sure to report it. The one it. thing we did know was that George wasn't going to get the COVID because I don't think he and oh, Kellyanne no slept in the same bedroom. About She's in the Lincoln bedroom and he's wherever he is. He and that okay. daughter are just driving her crazy. <laughs> it, honestly, it's not very nice. <laughs> this is the sound In-house of me not trolling. talking. Everyone's yeah. everyone's talking about what a great whistleblower Claudia Conway is. Try having a fifteen-year-old daughter and see how great you think it is if she's the whistleblower. Who's constantly of getting one over on you. Going on in your house. <laughs> oh, did you know my mother doesn't get a period anymore? I mean, what do you? You know what? Who needs uh, it? All right, go on. Okay. 
Dear Rana, okay. I first experienced <laughs> Rana in person in 2008, and I've been a devo- devotee ever since. Oh, okay. I haven't had a question in those 12 years, but 2020 is garbage. My 67-year-old mother was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer a few weeks ago. Mm. Oh, that's so sad. I'm an only child and she's not married or seeing anyone and doesn't have close family other than me. I'm having a very difficult time finding my role in this. My mother's kind of a boss. She's a recently retired lawyer, fiercely independent, active, and spends a lot of time volunteering at a dog rescue. She has always been the greatest role model in my role model in my life, and it seemed like she always had everything figured out. I'm fairly convinced the only reason she even told me about the cancer was because she needed a ride to the hospital for the biopsy. When the results came back, she framed it positively, leaving out the stage four part. Oh, this is breaking my heart. Leaving out the stage four part until I pushed specifically for that information. She told me that the typical treatment options are not very effective, but there's a new clinical trial that she qualifies for. She started that trial today. As always, she remains positive and nonchalant about all of it. She's already planning a trip to Africa next fall. So I keep asking her what I can do to help, and she mostly says that she's fine. Today, she asked me to walk her dogs for her because she'd be at the hospital for a full day. When I went to walk the dogs, I couldn't not notice the open notebook on the table. In it were things she wasn't telling me, like the prognosis without this clinical trial is six months, and if it's an aggressive and it's an aggressive form of cancer. I understand the reasons for not wanting to tell me this, but this becomes part of the issue. When I flipped the next page of the notebook, there was a list of all the things she needs to take care of before she dies. Like I know her to be, it was very thorough and organized. All I could think about was how frightening it must be for her to be writing that list alone. My question is this, how can I change this dynamic? I understand all she wants is for me not to worry, but all I want for her is to not feel like she's in this alone. She and I have a good relationship, but whenever I try to talk about this stuff, she does an amazing job of deflecting and saying she's fine. Do I respect her wishes because it's actually helping her cope? Do I play into that and try to act like everything's cool so she doesn't have to worry about me? My friends have really stepped up and I feel very supported, but none of them are only children. It feels like so much to handle on my own. Also, if you know of any books that can help me process the whole situation, I'd appreciate it. I thought there'd be uh, so many, but I'm having trouble finding any worthwhile. With love and admiration, Michael. It's my real name and you can use it. And then there's some parentheticals here. Not sure if it really matters, but the COVID factor has also made navigating this even more challenging. I have no idea what my school year looks like and my ability to be in a hospital setting with my mother has been challenging with all the restrictions. Also, also, have you thought about putting together a dating segment of some sort? I trust (laughs) Rana and with matchmaking explicitly. Oh. 36-year-old Brooklyn (laughs) middle school teacher. I'm happy to be matched with, an, with a Rana-approved bachelor. That, that wow. was a twist I was not expecting. That was a, you know what? That was an October surprise is what that was. That was an October surprise. <laughs> we, we, no one saw that last part coming. Well, I have to say, Ari, you've been such a wonderful guest, and you've given such incredible advice. I wish this wasn't a Patreon and that we were answering it together, because I know you would have something wonderful to say. Oh, but, I... Uh, have had an extraordinary time and that question is one that I would not uh, want to answer right off the cuff. I'd want to think about it for a while. So I'm glad you've both got a chance to do that. I think this, normally our cliffhangers are very jokey and fun and crazy and 
you know, my father-in-law smokes and pretends he doesn't. And think that was one of my favorites. I loved that one. And things like that. We have to put that in the classic cliffhangers in the next episode Ugh, that we do. I love that question. But it was so good. But this is a really important question. So I want to say thank you to Michael for sending it to us and that we look forward to answering it on Patreon because I think this is just the kind of moment in life that a lot of people struggle with. And I personally have had experience with something like this and a similar kind of mother. So I look forward to Brian, who I know is also very close with his mother. I am, but I have absolutely no experience with this, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to give an answer. So well, I would only, I would never expect experience or knowledge to get in the way of you giving advice. <laughs> Thank you, Rana. Because that's what this show is about. It's that's about right. just saying whatever we think and hoping it's, it's correct. But correct. we look forward to answering this on Patreon. So come to patreon.com, ask Rana. Uh, and uh, so that'll be on Friday. And Ari, this has been what such a, a pleasure. Yeah, I only wish we would... I don't know, talking to you again in a month because I can't even imagine what we're going to be dealing with then. I but, am here for you anytime yeah. and I can't wait to brew a cup of my Asperana coffee yeah. and we might I have will to, sip it and think of you. We might have to bring you back in for a, for a consult at another, at another point. Once, Sign me up. Once it becomes clear just where this empire is. All right, I'm actually am curious. Maybe you'll know. Ron and I were talking about it a little bit. How how long do you think this election is going to take? Like, when will we have results? When do you think it will result? be like a week yeah. after the election, like some people say? I, I, I think that's possible. But right now, nobody knows whether it'll be a cliffhanger or a landslide. And if it's mm -hmm. a landslide, we might know on election night. But everybody needs to be prepared for the possibility that we won't. And that either things will hang in the balance while a state like Pennsylvania counts its votes, or there will be drawn out litigation that could go on, you know, into January, as, as Bush v. Gore in 2000 did. And so... Um, I mean, the short answer is nobody knows. If it's a landslide, we'll probably know the results on election vote night, but there are a million right possibilities. Now, vote, vote, that, vote, yeah. But it would have to be, uh, isn't there an extraordinary, extraordinary circumstance this time around because there's so much mail-in voting and so much uh, absentee voting, et cetera, yes. that the landslide would have to be so extreme for well, us to know? Well, some states have laws that say you can't start counting the mail-in yeah, or absentee know, ballots crazy. until election day. So and crazy. So if the results of the election hinge on that one state, then it's going to be a long time. But if we're in a scenario where, and this is not what I'm predicting, I'm just saying if we're in a scenario where like Joe Biden manages to win Texas, then vote it's counting over. in Pennsylvania of absentee ballots won't matter. What are the key states this time around that we need to keep our eye on, do you think? Or do you think it's just such a toss-up in so many places? The, I, I, you know, I think the states that the Democrats in 2016 thought were their great blue wall are super important. That's obviously Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, et cetera, um, Wisconsin. Um, but also, like, Arizona is important, which people yeah. didn't really expect to be the case. Arizona has gone Republican in, in every presidential election for a long time. But... Now you've got the the widow of John McCain endorsing Joe Biden, and that's a, a big factor. Jeff yeah. Flake, the former senator from Arizona, has endorsed Joe Biden. That's a factor. Anyway, there, I mean, it's a really fascinating map and landscape this year um, that looks different from any we've seen before. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Are you fabulous?
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.